Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Our topic today is challenges of being a brief step-parent, and our guest is Babe Muro. Um, Babe Miro's 19-year-old stepdaughter, Lori Singer, died in an automobile accident on March 30, 1998. Lori was excited about being in the U.S. Navy and was to leave for Guam in a matter of days. Lori is survived by her brother, Keith, who continues to live with Babe and his mother, Michelle. Michelle is the co-leader of the Staten Island chapter of the Compassionate Friends, and Babe is what he likes to call the shadow leader, always willing to help behind the scenes. Babe has led step-parent support groups at the Compassionate Friends National Conference. Welcome to the show, Babe. Thank you. Hi, Babe. It's great to have you on the show. Hello. Hello. Yeah, we, we met Babe how long ago, Mom? Four years ago at the Compassionate Friends in Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was four years ago. Babe would probably know because you go to most of the conferences, don't you? You and Michelle? I think so. The yeah, conferences it about, are great, by the way. Yeah, I think it was about four years ago, and... Uh, we saw him and, and Michelle, and they're very active in the Compassionate Friends. And um, at that time in my life, I was looking to work with families for my doctoral dissertation and help them, help siblings that have had the death of a, a sibling, help increase communication in the family. And I needed to get families to work with me, and I went up to Babe and Michelle, who I didn't even know, and they put me in touch with some amazing families, and I really appreciate it. So yeah. thank you, Babe, for doing that. Thank you. Well, Heidi and Babe, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about early on this show is to remind people that um, this Sunday at 7 p.m., your local time, or uh, all over the world, people during their 7 p.m. local time will light a candle in remembrance of all the children who have died. And you could also do it for any other loved ones who have died also. Um, And during that day, it's on Sunday, December 10th, uh, all day long, you'll be able to go to the Compassionate Friends website and you'll be able to log on there and uh, there will be a book there where you can log on and write something about your child and their life and some kind of um, a memorial piece and um, you'll be able to read what other people have written. So mm-hmm. please do that. It's going to be a wonderful event. And uh, Babe, I understand you're doing a little different things in your chapter on Staten Island. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. First of all, I'd like to thank you guys for having me and the Compassionate Friends. I don't know where me and Michelle would be without the Compassionate Friends today. Uh, when we, f- we first started going to the candle lighting, it was kind of uh, it was really a down event. Like It was very sad, the candles, everybody crying. And uh, when Michelle and Varda took over our group, they became the co-leaders. They had a good idea, which they have a lot of good ideas. We decided we were going to not lighten it up. I mean... It's almost impossible to lighten up that situation. But what we did was we had every we bring pitches and we had everybody everybody gets a chance to go up to the microphone and talk about something funny or something really cool that happened with their kids. Mm-hmm. I of, love that. Yeah, and it, it it made the whole thing different, you know. It's it's not as depressing as it normally was when we first went, you know. Uh-huh. Oh, so it's like a celebration of life. Exactly. And I love that because I hear so many times people say, you know, when people ask us about our children or our siblings, they ask us about how they died, but we want to talk more about what they were like when they were alive. Yeah, but who they were as people. Exactly, Mom, who they were as people. And funny stories and great stories and ways that we related to them. That's yep. such a great way to memorialize them. 
Absolutely. Well, uh, along with our worldwide candlelighting, of course, is the fact that we're on uh, the holiday seasons are upon us. And um, I've asked uh, Babe to join us. Uh, Heidi and I usually talk a little bit about our emails before um, we have a guest come on the show. But today we wanted to uh, include Babe in this email because it's regarding our topic today on, on step parents. And um, our email is from Jamie. And Jamie says, Dear Dr. Horsley, I'm really glad you're doing a, a step parent's perspective uh, as today's topic. I'll listen intently. My daughter died last May 23rd. Wow, so this is the first Christmas. And uh, I married her stepdad June 18th. And she talks a little bit about um, they had some counseling. Uh, her daughter, Lee, had a complicated death that was drug-related. And she said that she feels that she needs to own that so that the step family can see her as much more. So I, it seems like, what do you think she means by that, Heidi, that she needs to let people... As, as a real person. I mean, you know, our, our siblings were, were real people and our children. They had good times. They had bad times. There were times we got along with them. There were times we fought with them. You know, none of us are perfect. Right. So we're, we're real people, and that's what makes us interesting. Exactly. And so um, Jamie asks us um, if uh, she's thinking about having um, rehearsal t- a, re- a rehearsal mm-hmm. toast to her at uh, probably th- at Christmas, and she wondered what we thought about that and any other ideas that we might have for her to um, let people, her new, I guess you might say her new family, uh, her her new extended family or whatever, her husband's family, the step family, know her daughter, even though they never uh, really knew her while she was living. So uh, have you got some uh, thoughts about that uh, for us, babe? Yeah, I was reading that email, and um, the first thing that hit me, I was saying to myself, well, I hope this girl joins the Compassionate Friends if she isn't already a member, you know? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the situations we talk about at the meetings, you know, and you get different feedback from people, what they do in all those situations, uh, it's not easy, you know. It's right. Easy. Now, what do you think about the rehearsal post, Heidi? The rehearsal I, I post, like that rehearsal. idea. I don't know what Babe thinks, but I like the idea of celebrating the life and just having a toast to your daughter in front of your, your new family. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. What do you think, Babe? We do, we do things like that. Uh, a lot of people set settings for the kids and, you know, whatever gets you through that day, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was thinking that one of the things, I love pictures, so one of the things that they might do is uh, maybe bring an album for people who want to look at it or maybe just have a picture of Lee um, on a table with a candle. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, something like that. And she, um, Jamie tells us that Christmas was Lee's holiday and um, she may have some wonderful Christmas pictures maybe going through the history of Lee, you know, when she was younger and uh, as she grew older. That's a good point because if she brings out the pictures, she can also tell about the great stories about the positive things she remembered during Christmas, the Christmas holiday with her daughter. Yeah, and and I think that if she brings it out and and presents stuff, people won't be as reluctant to talk to her about it. Exactly. I agree. And there's something about pictures. When you have a picture in front of you, like you said, you're more willing to ask questions and you get it. Well, where was she? What was happening at this time? It stimulates conversation. Yeah. And uh, she, I think she would want to include her new husband, uh, the stepdad of Lee, mm-hmm. because uh, he certainly is the one who can ease the way with his family with her. Mm-hmm. I agree. So letting people know in advance and uh, I think is a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Have you got any more thoughts on this, babe? It's the first time she's meeting that family, right? 
I don't know. She doesn't tell us that, so I'm not sure if, if she's just trying to um, involve Lee in the Christmas celebration in I, some way. Yeah. That happens a lot, like I was saying before. I think as as time passes, she'll get away from that more and more. Not not the uh, the idea of having Lee at the table and all the pictures, but just trying to please people, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Hard. And worried about what they think. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, a lot of people, like, even in my family, I mean, if, if we set a place for Lori and my mother come here, she'd think we're crazy. You know? mm-hmm. But and you learn in the compassion of friends that we're not crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and that whatever works, works for you works for you. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. That's a good point. Well, uh, Jamie, thanks a lot for your email, and uh, do what you need to do for you. And you didn't say if you had other children, you might want to involve them in it also, or, or other family thing? members. Sure, babe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if Jamie wants to call... Our house, she's welcome to. My wife was dying to talk to her. Uh, that's and, uh, great. <laughs> you want to give them to your phone number, or do you want us to want them to uh, get in touch with you by us by email, and yeah, we'll give it to them? Yeah, email her the number. I didn't want to do it last night. I wasn't sure if it was appropriate or what, but oh, that's fine. Call us and talk to us, you know. Absolutely. Well, let's see. I sent you her email. You could probably email okay. her back also. I just wasn't that would sure. Be frank, okay, yeah. I'll I'm do sure it. Sure, she'd, she'd like that. Okay. Uh, hi. Uh, Let's see, babe, could you tell us a little bit about Lori before we go to break? Well, I said, you know what, I, I wanted to say one thing about stepdads. Like, um, mm-hmm. oh, All right, and then we can talk about Lori after break. Okay. The, the first meeting we went to in Chicago, like, I was like a fish out of water there, you know. My first, I was always trying to make sure Michelle was okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Devastated. But uh, I looked at the, uh, they had a list of the, the uh, sharing sessions after the meeting, you know, and I said, they have anything for stepdads. And they says, no, we don't. And one woman says, write, write stepdads on there. Don't worry about it. And I did. <laughs> and we got a bunch of people there. And we had a nice sharing session. But the thing I wanted to bring out was the next year we went to Arlington, I think. And uh, I asked them to have a stepdad session. And the first guy to come into that room that night was screaming at me, I'm not a stepdad. I was her father. And so I learned right away that there's a lot of different situations with stepparents, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of them don't like to be called step-parents, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like my, my situation with Lori was, I only knew Lori six years, you know? And uh, she lived with her dad, her biological dad. Mm-hmm. But uh, she was a great kid, you know? She, she was uh, she was adventurous. Uh, she did go in the Navy, like you were talking about, you know? And she was, the years that I knew her, I seen her change from a little teenager to this beautiful woman, you know? She was starting mm-hmm. to really mature. And it's just, uh, it's heartbreaking, you know. We, we we still don't know what happened to her. She just they lost control of the car and that was it, you know. And, and babe, six years is a long time to know somebody. I mean, it's wonderful oh, yeah. you had that six years with her. So I imagine for you, too, it's a, ma- it's a major loss. Yeah, for sure. For sure, mm-hmm. you know. But, uh, I felt really, really terrible when this happened to Lori. But I really think, and I say it sometimes at the meeting, you know, I really can't feel what these other parents feel, you know. Mm-hmm. But my my main my whole thing was with Michelle, you know. To I was worried about her. I don't know if mm-hmm. she was going to go nuts on me or <laughs> just the hole in her heart. Like was so. Yeah, I look right. at her and I feel her pain, you know. And what a wonderful observation! There are all sorts of different kinds of situations for step parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some have only known their children a short time, and you were saying that your son uh, is a step parent, and he was actually at the birth of his child. So. Um, you know, they're longer periods of time and they're, they're different situations. Exactly. 
Yeah, so what do you think the biggest challenges of being a step-parent uh, with who has a bereaved uh, stepchild? I think there's a lot of different challenges. Like, um, I've been fortunate, you know, I get along with uh, the biological father. I get along with Keith. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are other parents in our group, or you hear them sharing at the, the conferences where they, they don't get along with the biological parent, and the kid is a, a rebel, you know, and there's all kinds of family problems with them and all. Yeah, fortunate. now what about uh, uh, Michelle's biological father? Did he uh, participate in the mm-hmm. funeral? And, I mean, yeah, excuse me, I saw about your wife. <laughs> Lori. Yeah. Steve, uh, his name is Steve. He's a, he's a good guy. He uh, Yeah, he was at the funeral and all. He participated. He He's been a trooper for her, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, do, have, you, have you had to support him? No, not, not really. Or have you, or have you ta- ta- talked with him, or? Well, Michelle talks to him more than I do, you know. Mm-hmm. But he knows about the compassion of friends. He just, he goes about it his own way, you know. He's dealing with his grief the way he wants to, you know. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really go to compassion of friend meetings, you know, but he mm-hmm. honors Lori every day. He keeps her memory alive in his house and all that, and I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, babe, you said before break that one of the challenges for you was how to help Michelle through her grief because she had had this overwhelm, you know, this intense grief and had lost her child, and you felt, you know, you felt her pain and you wanted to know how to help her. We hear that from boyfriends and spouses and step parents often. And I was wondering, how have you been able to help her? What advice would you give to step parents out there about how to help their spouse through this process? Yeah, especially the newly bereaved, maybe just this year or whatever, yeah. and they've got a spouse that's uh, lost a child. The first thing I did, I, I just knew instinctively that I had to get her a support group somehow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of feel I was pushed towards this woman who I didn't even know I lost her daughter. And she, she gave me a contact number for the Compassionate Friends. And we went, and we didn't like it. We didn't want to be there in the beginning, but I know today it, it really helped the both of us, you know. How, how many sessions, How many times did you have to go before you started to like it more? You it said took it us a while. It took us a while. We, we used to drive on the way home cursing at the group. What are we doing here? We don't belong here. But we just kept coming, you know. That's what we tell people, to come back and give us a chance, you know. So when you say it was you know a it, they, they, they kind of pushed Michelle into the leadership, her and Varner, and then we really got active in the group, and it's really been good medicine, you know. Mm-hmm. So for uh, as a stepdad, um, one of the things that, that you were able to do was get uh, get your wife some more support. Because exactly. it's a lot of pressure uh, to have to be the support person uh, for somebody who's lost a child and, and your own grief also at your step-parent loss. Well, and I think as, as a spouse, a supportive spouse, you want to fix the problem and you want to help that person, and you really can't completely fix the problem because you can't bring back you couldn't bring back Lori, babe. No. You can't bring that child back into that their parents' lives, and that's what they want. They want their child back. They, they were, I used to choose my words carefully. I, I just let her go about her business, but I was always, I always watched her like a hawk to make sure she she wasn't flipping out on me, you know. Mm-hmm. Because I I know I've I've heard of people who have lost their minds over the death of a child, you know. Yeah, Again, well. Again, not to keep yeah. talking about compassionate friends, but I think that's where that plays a big part, you know. Yeah. You're not going crazy. Yeah, exactly. No, I know that we're not going crazy as parents, and, and that's part of the normal process. Well, what about uh, the other siblings? Now, uh, were there other siblings? Did Lori have? Keith. Keith, Keith is uh, Lori's uh, brother. He lives yeah. with us. And I've met him. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's uh, he's been getting real active with the 
<clears throat> that's another thing. You can have a sibling meeting here, you know. He he didn't get active for a while, and all of a sudden he's, like, really into it now. He's uh, doing a lot of sibling stuff. He leads our meeting here in the group. Uh, my other two sons, they really didn't know Lori, you know. They mm -hmm. met her, but they really didn't know, and I really don't think they don't grieve her, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they, uh, they really didn't know Lori. I'm sure, you know, they definitely feel bad about what happened and all, but. And, and what about with Keith? Did you feel like you had to help him, like, support him through his grieving process? Or did he grieve more by himself? Or what did that look like, as a, you know, since he was a sibling? He kind of talks more to his mom, you know, but I I, mm -hmm. I watch him all the time. He uh, he kind of keeps things to himself, you know. And yeah. Now, how old is Keith now, babe? He's 31 he's going to be. Okay, he's 31. He lives with you and Michelle. Now, what I'm, gonna, I'm wondering is, do you think one of the reasons he's still living at home is because Lori and you had the death of um that you had the death of Lori. I don't Michelle think so. you had the death of Lori, no? I don't think so. I think it's just the, the situation in life, the way school went and everything and uh mm -hmm. he's getting married next year. He'll probably right. you know, he'll, he'll he'll have his own house soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the, I think one of the things that Heidi's um, t talking about a little bit is that um, sometimes we work with kids at the Compassionate Friends uh, National Conference who've had siblings die, and particularly now Keith was an only child, right? After, After um, Lori, Lori died, right? Exactly. Yeah. So they become an only child, and mm -hmm. the pressure becomes on them. And and uh, some of them do talk about uh, staying a little bit close to mom and uh, staying home, you know, to, to give support. Right. Some of them would want, want to be around the family after something like this has happened and want to yeah. stay a little closer to home than maybe they would have otherwise. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think Michelle would ever want him to leave, you know? Right, right. Uh, she'd keep me here forever if it was up to her, you know? Yeah. yeah. That would be okay. I don't care. Yeah. As a step-parent, uh, what did you do for Keith after Lori died? I don't think anything really special, you know, just uh, being myself, like... I had to learn how to love Keith, you know. I really didn't know him until uh, he started to live with us, really, you know. He's he's completely different than what I was used to. But I knew he was hurting, you know, the same thing with, like, Michelle uh, losing his sister. Mm -hmm. I just try to love these people, you know, and try to do the right thing, try not to let them get away with too much, but just be there for them when he did need me, you know. Like That's I said, he kind of keeps to himself, you know. That's such a good point about not letting them get away with too much because that's another thing we've seen as therapists and also uh, when talking about families is sometimes when a child dies, um, you do you let your other children get away with a little more than they should, and it's not particularly good for them because they need structure. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's a good point, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so you provided that, some of that structure. Now, he didn't live with you when uh, Lori died? Uh. Yeah, he did. He was uh, he was he did live with us. He was up in college. He was in Oneonta at the time. Mm-hmm. No, we got the call that night. But yeah, he lived with me. Uh, he talks to his dad a lot too. You know, I guess his, his dad helps him on that with that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't really get involved in what they got going on between themselves. You know, especially right. when it comes to Lori. But so it sounds like you're there when they need you, but when they need their space, you're able to back up and give them their space. Also, yeah, I learned that a long time ago. Just the way I am, you know. And you're not trying to fix the problems. You're just there letting them be there with their grief. You're there to support them. Right. So Heidi and I talk about it uh, in a way of not try not to interrupt the grief, even though it may be hard for you to see your spouse or um, grieving. Uh, you know, it's, it's important not to interrupt it. God, please keep one hand on my shoulder and the other one over my mouth. <laughs> a lot of times you want to say something and you just, 
I shouldn't have said that, you know, like. Yeah, or just uh, saying uh, things will be better and don't worry about it and uh, all that kind of thing. And, and you'll get over it. Yeah, you'll get over it and it'll be all right. And right. that's interruptive to grief. I think just not saying anything, don't you think, and just being there? Oh, yeah. It interrupts grief and it's disrespectful. Yeah. That's, a, that's another thing you find out about in the compassion of friends, all the stupid things people say to you. Right. They really don't realize what they're saying half the time, huh? Right, mm-hmm. and then getting into forgiveness, right? Yep, that's Big issues, yeah. big issues. Well, you were also telling us that when you uh, have your chapter meetings, which are, what, twice a month, and you have quite a group, uh, what, do you have about 100 or something? We get 50 people at the meeting. Yeah, right. Most meetings. And uh, sometimes you break up into men's groups, you've told us, right. because have, uh, men have different issues. And no, We want to know what you men are thinking. We, we want to know what, what men are talking about in those yeah. groups. Mostly about your woman, you know? <laughs> Uh, Arnie is uh, Arnie is Wada's husband. Uh, Wada's the other group leader, mm-hmm. and he kind of runs a men's meeting. And it's it's good to get away every now and then because the men do have different issues. You know, they're mm-hmm. basically the same, but they have things they like to talk about with the men, yelling, or screaming, cursing, whatever. And what kind of issues do you see coming up, babe? In general, uh, I think a lot of the men really worry about their wives. You know, mm-hmm. they're worried about their wives and. Uh, Sometimes the wives aggravate them, you know. Sometimes they, they don't. It's a lot of dealing with that, you know. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of the men have, um, we were lucky, uh, not lucky, but a lot of them deal with court issues, you know. Mm-hmm. And just controlling themselves in a courtroom, like, you know, people that have been murdered or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they come into our group and let all that out, you know. Mm-hmm. Better than getting arrested in the courtroom because you, you definitely want to go in there and kill somebody, you know. So it's a place that they can express themselves openly. Yes. It, your group is. Do the men yeah. ever feel like they have to hide their grief so that they can be strong for their their wives, their spouses? I think some of them are like that. Some of them are, uh, they like to put on that strong front, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they're they not supposed to cry and all that kind of stuff, but they learn quickly that we're allowed to cry, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so in your men's group, you might even have some yelling. and. Yeah, it's just a way to, to get stuff out, you know. You're in the house, you don't want to go crazy yelling at Screaming or yeah, it's great to do it at our meeting. You can do whatever you want to. Well, and I think it part. would be validating because I imagine some of the men are yelling and getting angry, and the other men are saying, "I feel the same way. I'm pissed. I'm mad too. I'm really mad." Yeah. Now, do you see the men uh, in the group as having different step parent issues than the the women who are step parents? Uh, I'm trying to think if we have any step moms. Mm-hmm. Uh, we. Actually, we have a brand new woman came the other night. Was a stepmom. We really don't know her yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'd have more stepdads. Than yeah, moms. we have more stepdads than moms. Really. That's interesting. The, the guys that I know are all the women. No, I really don't know any step. I don't. I'll probably get Michelle to tell me later. I can't believe he said that, but <laughs> but I, I I can't recall of it. As a step parent, babe, do you guys ever feel in your men's group that your loss has been unacknowledged? that people don't recognize your loss as a loss because you were the step-parent? I think some guys do. I think mm-hmm. I I really don't, I don't worry about things like that, you know. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not really important to me what was going to come and pat me on the back, but I don't know. A lot of a lot of guys, I think, worry about that, you know. Because I know as a sibling, I felt like my loss was unacknowledged, and I kind of look at the step-parents and think maybe they could, have, they could be going through some of the same stuff as I'm going through, where the focus is always on, the, the biological parents. 
Yeah. Oh, wow, it must have been really hard for Michelle. It must be really hard for your spouse. You know, and it's, what about me? You know, that's how I feel as a sibling. I mean, it's hard for everybody in different ways for different reasons. It's funny, when when um, we sat Shiva for Lori at the house here, about four days later, her, one of her best girlfriends caught me in the hallway, and she looked at me. She said, oh, my God, I forgot all about you, you know. And she mm-hmm. gave me a big hug like and I wasn't even thinking about it up until that point, you know. I love that she said that. That's why I'm glad the national, even, even like this one coming up in Oklahoma, I'll, I'll call somebody to make sure there's some kind of step session there because there's a lot of step parents that go to the conferences, you know, and, and if there's not something for them, they're lost there, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. I've often wondered as um, a parent, you know, my husband and I, uh, it was our son, and I often wondered if it would be easier if it was a step-parent because sometimes I was like, I wish I had somebody that could support me more because I don't, you know, we're suffering the same loss and, and it's just too too heavy duty. I don't know. So anyway, well, I wondered if I know one of the prayers that you said that it supported you is, uh, is it the AA prayer? Is that what it is? The, the serenity prayer, right? The serenity prayer, right. Serenity prayer, yeah. Yeah, could you give it to our audience because I think it's such a great prayer. Mm-hmm. Want me to say it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, that There's is a couple good. other lines in it, but they usually don't say it. Those are the lines they say. I love that. That's yeah. very powerful. That is wonderful for people out there, especially during the holidays, because uh, it's a tough time. Yep. Yeah. It's a tough time for step parents and parents, and for everyone who's had a loss. It's these traditions, and they're difficult. Do you, have you got any thoughts for step parents during the holidays and newly bereaved? Is that me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I, I just first of all, I'd like to thank my group because they helped us a lot, you know. But I, I just hope that whoever's out there listening tries to really find the compassion of friends because they, it's the only place to go, really, you know. Mm-hmm. We have people come to our group after six years, seven years sometimes that think they're going nuts, you know. Right. Compassionate friends, there's so much to identify with there. You just got to come to a meeting and give it a chance. So you can go on the website of Compassionate Friends, and they've got tips about the holidays and how to get get through them and um, how to be supported through them. And also we have some information on our blog, um, thegriefblog.com, on uh, getting through the holidays. Well, babe, um, did you have something? This is our last break, and uh, did you have something you wanted to say to our audience before we close? Uh, Piece of advice. Uh, just, just tell them to hang in there. You know, it's a, it's a tough time of the year, but like they say, there's two shall pass. You know, you'll get through it. Sometimes thinking about the holiday and anticipating what's going to happen, and this is worse than the actual days. You know, mm-hmm. before you know it, you. You passed it, and sometimes you're, you're worried for nothing, you know. That's a great uh, point that um, the the holidays, um, for those who celebrate Christmas, it's one day for the Hanukkah, uh, different things, but it is, it does pass. And, and the anticipation is often worse, yep. like yeah. they've said. Yep. Yep. And that's a, that's a very good point. And we want to... Um, what, what I want to say, we want to give support to all you step-parents out there and uh, hang in, right, babe? Yeah. And we know you've all suffered a loss as well. Absolutely. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. 
you can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.